Let your spirit fill this sanctuary today, Lord Jesus. Let your power fall in this place, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. You call my raging seas. Say you walk with me through fire. You walk with me through fire. And you heal my disease. Come on, somebody stretch out your hands and say, I trust you. I trust.
Does everybody claim that Jesus is our King? Hallelujah, Jesus. King above all kings. Lord above all lords. You reign over everything. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God's not dead. 
He is alive. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your holy name, Jesus. For you are great and greatly to be praised, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Have your way in this place, Jesus. Have your way in this place, Jesus. Have your way in this place, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. We glorify your holy name, Jesus. Can we just magnify him for 30 seconds? Can we just glorify his holy name? Can we just give him the highest praise? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody worship with me. Worship with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's some shaking in the atmosphere going on right now. Come on, somebody let go and let God in. Somebody needs to let go. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Come on, church. Dig a little bit deeper in your worship today. God is crying out to you today. He's seeking more. Jesus, 
I made you to worship me. This is why I made you. When you worship me, this is my desire. Worship me in spirit and in truth. My children, don't look at what's going around. You continue to worship me and leave not of your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Keep your eyes on me. Worship in the good times and in the bad times. I see your affliction. I know what's going on. Just keep on worshiping. Just keep on worshiping. Can we just worship him right now? Can we worship him right now? Not only in the good times, but in the times of trouble. In the times that we're in the valley. Come on, somebody. Lift your voice. Shout with a voice of triumph today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your mighty name, Jesus. We praise your mighty name, Jesus. We praise your mighty name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. As we go into another time of, of worship and giving back unto, unto God, Lord Jesus, and giving to his kingdom, hallelujah. We, we praise your mighty name. We thank you, Lord God for all that you've done in this service so far, Lord. And we thank you, God, for what you're going to do in this service to continue on, Lord Jesus. We praise you, God, and we give you the glory, Jesus. And we give you the honor, Lord. We, we pray over this offering, Lord. Bless those that can give and those who cannot. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. Sh
So let's lift our voices right now. Lord, I pray, oh God, that, Lord, you may use me in the mighty way of God, that everything that is against you right now be removed, oh God. Lord, we bind our spirit, oh God, of God, every spirit that come against your word, every spirit that come against your people, oh God. And Lord, give me, oh God, the counsel right now in the name of Jesus, and let your word go forth in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now, if I should give you a title, it's going to be, What Do You Do? When you find yourself in the pit. What do you do when you find yourself in the pit? Now the text is coming from Genesis 37. Genesis chapter 37. And I'm not going to read everything. It's, it, uh, the, the, it's a lot to read. What I'm going to do is I'm going to summarize it. Because when I summarize you will get the gist of the story. Now the story is about Joseph. And if you grew up in church you will have a general idea of what the story of Joseph is. Pretty much what he was, it was a young man which uh, was loved by his father more than his other brothers. And because of that, his brothers were jealous of him. And he used to have dreams and was, was, when he told him what the dream meant, which was 
they were going to bow down to him or something like that. Or it, the dream always shows him being over them and they was already jealous. On top of that, Jacob, which was his father, bought him a coat of many colors, which everybody can remember the story. And they were further jealous. Long story short, they were so jealous that they got the, to the point where they plot to kill him. And when they plot to kill him, Reuben, which was one of his brothers, said, no, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Just put him in a pit. So he ended up in a pit. And in that pit, for some reason, they were there. They were contemplating what to do with him. And Reuben was there. The other brothers went ahead and sold him. They sold him. And Reuben, which was the other brother, didn't know what they did. So when he came back and looked in the pit and didn't see, his, see jo uh, Joseph in the pit, he thought that Joseph was dead. So what they ended up doing was, now they had to go back to Jacob and make up a story that, you know, some, you know Joseph is dead and they, long story short, they put blood on the, the, the coat of many cars as a, as, a, as a proof that he was dead. So that, in a nutshell, that is what Genesis 37 is saying without reading the whole chapter. All right, now we're caught up. Now when we read the story of Joseph, there are some things that cannot be denied. Because the scripture makes it clear that Joseph was a chosen man of God. He was anointed by God. Joseph had a destiny given to him by God. Joseph was favored by God. That sounds like a winning combination. When somebody is favored by God, everything is going good for them. And they're in ministry, everything is going good. It sounds like a winning combination. Judging from that criteria, you would look at Joseph like he got it made. Like his life was something you would put in, you know, Lifestyle Magazine, the richest person or something there that this is the person, this is, this is the person I want to be like because he has everything going for him. Now when you read the Bible, we find out that the same Joseph, Joseph who had everything going for him somehow ended up in the pit. Now, if you have been a Christian, or those who have been a Christian, and people have been telling you, once you become a Christian, everything is going to go good for you. Somebody lied to you. Amen. Because we are of the belief that when we become a Christian, nothing goes wrong. Everything in our life is good as it, as it was looking for Joseph. But I must tell you this, that when you become a Christian, you still go through trials. You still go through tribulations. You still somehow find yourself in a pit. Amen, somebody. Amen. Preach with me today. Uh, the good thing about me is I'm not long-winded, so you know, it should only be an hour and a half or something. <laughs> yes, but when we looked, but some one day Joseph found himself in the pit. Now, if somebody told you that once you go in the pit, then it's over. No, it's only over if you stay in the pit. But once you're in the pit, you have to strive to come out of the pit. Amen, somebody. Amen. The point I'm trying to make is Christians have problems too. Christians get sick. Christians get in debt. Christians get divorced. Christians get their heart broken. Christians get in places sometimes or in situations where they shouldn't be. Now sometimes we... I'm saying we as Christians and in general, sometimes we get in situations because we ourselves jump in. Right. Sometimes we get in situations because someone pushed us in. Or sometimes we just get in a situation, you know, things beyond our control, we're just in that situation. 
But it doesn't matter how we get in that pit. We must strive to get out. And what we're saying is that no matter what accolades or accolades, I'm not sure if I'm using the right, you have in the gospel, there's sometimes you're going to find yourself in a pit. Amen, somebody. Amen. Now, in the pit, in the pit, when you're in the pit, you can you must dream, you must, you must dream of some way to get out of that. How do, how do we do that? We have to stay in God. Amen, somebody. We have to stay in God. We have to look at what God has done for the others in the Bible. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to go through a few examples that will show you, and I'm, I'm going to try to break it simple as possible so that we understand what the Bible is saying. Now, Reuben, the reason I mentioned that story, Reuben was the brother that caused Joseph to be in the pit. Which was not a bad thing in itself because if it wasn't for him, they probably would have killed him. But Reuben was there when he was in the pit. Amen, somebody. But when he came back, he was not in the pit. Right? So Reuben was responsible for Joseph's pit. It was Reuben that suggested that they throw Joseph in the pit. We don't know how it happened or what our... We don't know when it happened or how it happened or it didn't specify. But when he came back, we, it didn't show why he left or why he wasn't there. But when he came back, Joseph was not there. He saw him struggling and begging to be delivered from the pit. But now he's looking into that same pit expecting to see a pitiful Joseph full of fear and confusion. Stressing and crying and begging to get out. Some of you are going through something, and I know it's obvious. Why is it obvious to some of us? Because the way how we act, the way how we worship, the way how we carry ourselves. We can tell that there's some situation in our lives that is put in whatever the pit is. Whether it's financially, death, whatever the situation is that causes us to be in the pit. But sometimes it shows when we're here. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Now, we must remember the scripture that says, Weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. That's Psalms 30 verse 5. So we must have that assurance that no matter what situation we have, God is going to take us out of it. Amen. Amen. Now Reuben came back to the pit where he saw, he did not see Joseph. What this shows is that sometimes that we have certain situations, we have certain people, not saying any here, just preaching in general, that allows us to be in a pit and they expect us to be there but when they come back and they don't see you they come, they're expecting you there and expecting you to stay there and die but one thing I could show in this story is that when Joseph was in that pit they didn't bury him with dirt so if they buried him with dirt that would be the end of him but Joseph filled that pit with praise and because he filled that pit with praise he was able to come out of there. Amen. Amen, somebody. There are going to be some people that thought they knew how pretty good. They thought they knew you. They know. They thought they knew everything about you. They thought every, everything about your life. They can go to others and spread rumors. They thought they knew you. They said, that person is there. It's down there. And this is what happened. And they try to bring you down further and further. But don't let that bother you. Trust in God because I know of God that no matter what pit you're in, he's able to take you out. Amen, somebody. But that was yesterday. 
that you were in a pit. Yesterday, I looked like I was going to die in a pit. Yesterday, I felt like I was going to die in that pit. But I heard a word that says the fall does not have to be fatal. Not because I'm in the pit means it's going to be the end. Don't die in the pit. Don't stop dreaming. Whatever situation is, don't quit. It looks like Joseph was going to die in the pit, but through a turn of circumstance, in a matter of minutes, Joseph was up and out of the pit. I came to tell you that God is going to turn your situation around. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But in the Bible, we have confidence and we have experience. And we have read where God has done it for multiple. And I know if he did it then, he can do it now. Amen, somebody. I know he's going to turn it around. Now, from Genesis to Revelation, we can read about different different characters in the Bible that went through different situations. That they were in the pit. They were in certain circumstances where it seemed like they were going to die, but the Lord brought them out. Amen, somebody. Amen. We can think of Jonah. Jonah, he was told to go preach. And Jonah refused to do that and ended up in the whale. And we know the story. And he was in there and felt like he, he looked like he was not going to make it. He was going to die about God. But suddenly, he began conditioning mind, praising the Lord. And God was able to get him out of that situation. Amen, somebody. There's sometimes when we come to church, we're going to be in certain situations where we may not feel like praising the Lord. And I'm glad what I saw today that we were here worshiping and praising the Lord. Your situation does not dictate how you praise the Lord. Your situation does not stop you from praising the Lord. Don't wait until your situation becomes good before you decide now is the time I'm going to praise the Lord. Amen, somebody. Some of us, we can only praise the Lord when things are going good. But we have to be in a situation like Joseph. When he's in the pit, it did not matter. He still praised the Lord during his circumstances. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. One minute he was in the pit. One minute he was left in the dark. But one minute it would seem like it was terminal. But, in, but suddenly there was a change. Peter fished all night, caught nothing. But in one act of obedience, suddenly it went from nothing to too much. It went from his nets was all mended to his, was breaking because it was overflowing. It went to the point where his ship almost began to sink because he caught too much fish. Just suddenly, God stepped in and God brought him out. God made, God made a way out of nowhere. When they were fishing and God told him to go to the other side, he could have said to God, no, I'm a fisherman by, 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 by trade. But because he was obedient to God, God was able to do that. Amen, somebody. Amen. Now, Judah means praise. When Joseph came out of the pit, his cult didn't get him out. His dream did not get him out of the pit. But Judah did. What I mean by Judah, his praise got him out. Reuben got him in, but Judah got him out. His praise got him out. I don't care how you got into the pit. I don't care who it was that got you into the pit or how you got there. But I know a God who could get you out of that situation. Amen, somebody. Amen. Let's clap your hands if you know that Lord can bring you out of that situation today. Hallelujah. The circumstances may not have been Joseph's choosing. Nevertheless, 
Judah was responsible for getting out of the pit. The point I'm trying to make is that praise doesn't have to be pretty to be powerful. Amen. Praise does not have to be pretty to be powerful. Amen. You may be in church and you may not be able to praise the Lord like Brother Friends. You may not be able to praise the Lord like your bodies, but start where you are. Amen. Start on your level. The fact is, you want to praise God in your circumstances. However you can praise God, you do your best. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to, to look at you and say, well, oh my gosh, um, Brother Freddie can praise God, but I can't. No, whatever your level is of praise, you start right there. And God will make a way. Amen, somebody. Why do we need to do that? When we praise God, we're telling the devil that we don't need him in our lives. Amen. We're running the devil when we praise the Lord. The devil doesn't want us to praise God because he wants us to stay there. And if we stay there, we're going to die. So if we praise the Lord, we are showing the devil like, I'm, I don't care where I am. I don't care about my situations. I serve a God that I know is willing and is able to bring me up. So no matter what the circumstances is, I'm still going to praise God through my death. If I'm going through divorce, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm going to praise God anyhow. Amen, somebody. Now, it takes something to praise God when you're in certain situations. It's easy to praise God when you have a retirement already set up. When you have money in the bank, you have no sickness, you have no illness, nothing is, everything is going good for you. It's easy to praise God. It's easy to offer praise to God. But it takes a little bit more to praise God. When you're in the hospital and you're getting that, 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 that note from the doctor, you're getting, you're, you're getting looking at that paper and it's telling you what's going on and it's not looking good and you still have to come to church and praise God. It takes something to praise God when you get that notice from, from the mortgage company that your, your house is going to be foreclosed and you have to come to church and lift up your hand. It takes something a little bit more to praise God when you're coming here and, and your car is going to be repoed. Everybody get, everybody see where I'm going with this? Yes. When you're going through certain circumstances and by looking at it, I'm not, it looks very bad. It's hard to come in here and to lift up your hands. But God is looking at you at praisers. He's looking at someone who will praise him for who he is and not somebody who is going to praise him for when things are going good. Amen. Start in the dark with the walls closing in on you. Start when you're laying in the hospital bed. Start when you're at the bottom of the pit. Start when you're in the middle of your pain. Start when you're in the inner prison at midnight and things are not going right. Start when you've been beaten, you've been black and blue, your eyes have been black and blue from, from, from all the things that come into you, frustration, everything that's going on in your life. There are, there are times I look at certain people and, I'm, I'm, and they're in church and I know their situation because they've testified and you know they're going through situations and when you see them come to church and they're still lifting their hands, you have to say, God, I hope when I get in that situation, I can do that. It takes something for us to praise God when things are not going our way. Amen. Your praise not may be pretty, but give God the praise. How many of us know how many of us know that when God moves, when God promises in his word that he's going to, he's going to deliver us, he's going to bring us out of the situation, his word is not going to lie. That's right. 
So we have to stand on the word of God. No matter what we're going through, we're not going to listen to you, but we're not going to listen to anybody else who's negative. We're going to trust in God because we know that he is by our service, that we know that he can deliver us. Amen, somebody. Real praises get loud, undignified. Real praises don't try to be pretty. When, pray, when real praises come in church, you know, because they're running the odds. They're shouting. They're loud. It doesn't matter what type of dress they have on. It doesn't matter if they just get their hair done or whatever done. They're still going to praise God. That's a real praiser. Amen, somebody. We should get to the point where we don't care about who is looking at us. We don't care about what our hairstyle is going to be like after we praise God. We want to praise him in season, out of season. Whatever, despite the situation we may be in, despite what pit we may be in. Because at the end of the day, I know that God is going to take me out. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. I don't know when he's going to do it, but I know that the Lord is going to do that. Let's give God a hand. Hallelujah. Pretty praises know how to control their praise. They're the ones who come in church and and, and they, 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 they want to look cute with it. They want to step cute with it. They want to do everything like that. But real praises is going to praise God despite. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Why real praises is going to praise God? Because they know that I have a situation going here. And I'm praising God because I know he will. Even if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise him. That is a real praise. Another person in the Bible that went through tribulations was Job. Looking at Job's life, Job had everything going for him again. Job is another person that would be listed in one of our magazines today in Hollywood saying, hey, the richest, the tenth or second richest man ever, whatever. He had everything going for him. And that was taken away. Everything was taken away from him. Riches, his kids, his house, his property, everything was taken away from him. And how did Job get out of that situation? Job got out of that situation by praising God. His own wife told him that to curse God and die. His own wife told him, it's not going to work for you. Curse God and die. What do you have to lose? But because Job was a real praiser, Job praised God despite not having anything. The Bible said that he shaved his head, ripped his clothes, and he praised God. And because of that, Job was able to regain everything that he lost. Amen, somebody. I know a God that is able to do that for Job. If God is able to do that for Job, God is able to do that in your situation. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So Job lost everything he had. But after he lost everything, his heart was broken into a million pieces. More tragedy than a human being or you or me could ever endure. But in the middle of it all, Job gave God an ugly praise. The Bible says he rose and rented his mantle. That doesn't sound pretty. Rented. He shaved his head. He fell on the ground and he worshipped. It wasn't a pretty sight. He worshipped through tears. He worshipped through groan. He worshipped with a broken heart. He worshipped through pain, through his confusion. He gave God an ugly place and God gave him a beautiful future. Today, it doesn't matter how ugly your praise is. It doesn't matter how ugly your praise is. God is there to hear your praise and to go on your behalf. Amen, somebody. Amen. 
His worship kept him connected to his destiny. And in the end, God blessed him more and restored everything and gave him double. Now, the devil knows that when you praise him, not, not the devil, when you praise God, that devil, he's in trouble. Yes. So he's going to do everything in his power to stop your praise. Because he knows if he can stop your praise, he can stop your blessing. So we need to praise God so that the devil knows that, devil, I'm not, I'm not afraid of you. Devil, I know where my help come from. I'm going to praise God because I know where my help from. My help doesn't come from the devil. It comes from Jesus. And we're going to praise him. Amen. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, the devil's purpose for the pit is to kill us. The devil hates your praise. That is why every time... Not, not every time, but sometimes when you try to come to church, the devil put everything in your way. The devil put everything in your way for you not to come to church. And if you do come to church, the devil put certain things in your mind. Okay, remember the bills. Remember this. Remember the don't. The devil will do. He can't. He knows he can't do anything, but he'll put things in your things in your mind. So when you come here, he tries to alter your praise. But when you come to church, you need to come with the mind that devil look. I don't care what is going on in my life. I'm going to praise you despite. I'm going to praise you despite my circumstances. Despite whatever I'm going through, I will praise you. Now, someone is not going to like this. But some of us, the reason why we're in certain situations is because we're too proud. We're looking for that magic. We're looking for that, that umph, that the situation is good, and then I'm going to praise him. So what we, what do we do? We sit right there in the pit, and we're looking for a sign to say, once I see that sign, then I'm going to praise him. And because of that, we sit there in the pit, and we sit there every Sunday. We wonder why we're not coming out of the pit. It's because we need to look up, and we say, despite what my situation is, I'm going to praise God. Whether I see the sign or not, I'm going to praise God before I see the sign. Amen. I'm going to praise God despite what's going on in my life. My life not be, may not be looking good right now, but there could be a suddenly. Yes. At any time. When God is ready for his suddenly, it's at any time. It's at any time. And we have to praise God despite Despite what's going on in our life. Because we know that suddenly it's going to come. Amen, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It says, you want to praise God moderately, conveniently, quietly. Your pride is keeping you bound. Your, your pride is keeping you in the pit. And your pride is keeping you from your miracle. When David lost the ark and got the ark back. David knew where, where God had took him from. He was one of he was a shepherd, and God chose him and elevated him. And he lost the ark, and he got the ark back. And he knew he knew exactly what God had done for him. So what he did, he started praising. David was a king. David praised God until he didn't no longer look like a king. He praised God out of his kingly attire, and because he did that, his wife came in and said, "You're embarrassing me." The way you praise God, that's an ugly praise. You're embarrassing me. Because you're not. Look, everybody's watching and now every, what are people going to think of you? Look at this. 
When you're praising God, you don't matter who is looking at you. You don't matter who is, what people are saying about you. It doesn't matter what if you're the mayor. It doesn't matter who you are. When you are praising God, you're praising because, God because you know what he's going to do for you, what he did for you. Amen, somebody. We're not going to look pretty just for everybody. We know why we are praising God. Today, I want to be a true praiser. I want to be a praiser that when I praise God, people can look at me and say, that's a true praiser. That's a true praiser. I'm not going to be scared to run the eyes. I'm not going to be scared to get loud. Brother Vince, when you're here, don't matter what people say about you when you're up here praising God. If they say you're too loud, it doesn't matter what, because you know who your God is. You know what God has done for you. And that is what a real praiser does. When you know what God has done for you, it doesn't matter who's looking at you. It doesn't matter what you look like. David was there and he didn't care. And David, David responded to her in the Bible. David said, you, okay, if you think I'm crazy, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because now I'm going to be crazier because he knew. Amen, somebody. That is the attitude we should have. That is the attitude we should have. Amen. He's talking about moving out of heaviness into praise. He's talking about getting something off and putting something on better. Now, Jeremiah was placed in a pit. That's another person that was placed in a pit, if you read the Bible. And to pull him out of the pit, they had to use some old stinking rags to pull, pull, pull him out of it. He's the prophet, the man of God. They had to use some old rags to pull him out. Now, he could have said, no, I don't want, I need, you better bring some new rags in here so I can, you can pull me out. He could have said that, but he did not. He allowed them to use the old rags to pull him out of his situation. Sometimes you may have situations where you have some old rags and, you know, you may think that I can't get out of situations, but don't throw your old rags away. God is going to use those same old rags to bring you out of your situation that you're in. Amen. You have to be obedient to God. It may not be how you want to come out. That's the thing. When God is ready to work, you don't know how God is going to work. You can't dictate what God is going to use to bring you out of any situation. So you have to be willing, when God is ready to move on your life, to, to allow him to use whatever it is necessary to bring you out. Amen, somebody? Amen. I wish I had some people in here that still had some old right hanging in your closet that you weren't too proud to give God an ugly praise. An ugly praise is a praise where it doesn't look pretty. That's pretty what it means. It doesn't look pretty, but whatever it is, whatever it takes for me to get his attention, I'm going to do it. Amen, somebody. I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be too long. Now, David returned, and as I said, his daughter, no, his wife, his wife was, was, was upset because, and I went over that, that embarrassed about his friends. If you didn't, what I'm trying to say is when David was praising, there was his wife, there was other people that was probably there influencing him on his praise. You may come to church, this is what I'm trying to say, you may come to church and depending on, depending on your social, uh, who is around you, who you bring to church and and, and, and who you associate with. You might be sitting in a row where you may have somebody there. This is what I'm trying to say in a nutshell. 
You may be sitting in a row and the people in that row, I'm not saying here, is stopping your praise. Why? Because you're praising them. Say, hey, calm down. You're too loud. You're too loud. They're trying to influence you on how to praise God because you're looking in their row, you're messing their row up. Yes. Amen, somebody? That's what the Joseph wife. Yes. So if you're in that situation, move out that row. Go on a row where that row is encouraging you to praise God. Because I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let church friends or situations stop me from getting my blessing. Because it's not sometimes it's not only the devil that stops our praise. It's you yourself that stop the praise because you're listening to whatever is around you. So sometimes you need to get away and get in your zone to where you can praise God. Look for where the worship is going on and go there. If your row is dead and they're not fine, walk come in the aisles. Amen, somebody. We have to do everything necessary to get God's attention. I wish some of you would quit worrying about what everybody else thinks and just give God the best praise you have. Don't dress it up. Don't pretty up your praise. Just give it up to God any way you have it. You could be new here and, 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 and you don't know the rituals. You don't know the rituals of praise. You don't know how to do it. You don't know uh, you, you don't know what the best position to hold your hands up, how to wave it, left or right. You may not know that. It doesn't matter. Just start wherever you are. You Your first time today, praise God the way you know how to praise God. Because at the end of the day, none of us here is the person who's going to be responsible for to bring you out of your situation. Whoever is preaching is not going to be responsible. So it doesn't matter who else is around you and whatever they're doing. All that matters is I'm praising the one who's going to bring me out. I don't, it doesn't matter how it looks to everybody else. It just matters how we look to him. Amen, Amen somebody. Let's give God a hand clap. Now, there are some people that expected you to die in the pit. And the matter, truth of the matter is you're going to disappoint them. Because... They're, going to ex they're expecting you to die. And they're relaying all that information to other people, telling them how your situation bad and you, how long you have there. And how long you, you know, when they, they're looking for you to, 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 to die and for your funeral and all that. And the Lord is saying to you, like, if you just praise me, That's it. if you just trust in me, I can bring you out of that. Amen. And when your haters come back and look for you, you're not going to be there. When they see you, you're going to be out of the pit. You praise God despite whatever is going on in your life. When Jonah came out of the, when, when you come out of the pit sometimes, it does not look pretty. May I say to you, when Jonah came out of that whale, he, he, he wasn't looking pretty at that time. But the point is, he was out of the whale's belly. He was out of that threat of death. There's sometimes when God pull you out of the situation at that point in time, it may not look pretty how you come out, but still praise God. Still praise God. That's what I'm saying. Give God an ugly praise. Still praise God despite how you look. Amen, somebody. Amen. You can fill your pit with praise, or you can allow the dirt to bury you in your grave. I would rather have my pit be filled with praise so I can get out of there than to have the enemy put dirt on me and cover me up and bury my bury my situation. Amen, somebody. So today I want everybody to look at your situation. And if I have musicians, I need to come up. I'm not going to be too much longer. 
if you are in your situation, you know your, what your situation is. As I said before, and that is why I mentioned that, not because you're a Christian. Some people think that the only people who go through problems are people in the world. No. Everybody goes through different situations. Yeah. Today we have to examine in our life and see why am I going through the situation. If I'm in this situation, am I giving God my best praise am I, or am I holding back? I'm talking to church. We have to examine ourselves. Am I holding back because I'm in this situation and I'm waiting for this situation to, uh, for me to come out of this situation for me to give God my best praise? Giving God your best praise should not be dictated by my situation. Amen. Where my situation is. It should not be dictated by how it, it do I see my situation being 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 resolved? If you're if you can't see, there's some people with cancer. I'm just using this. There's some situations where people have cancer. They don't know if they're gonna live tomorrow. They don't know why they, they stage four cancer. They don't know. But you have to praise God, and if God does it, I'm still praising God. If God doesn't do it, I'm still praising God. Amen. That is the attitude we need to have to the Lord today. Amen, somebody. Amen. Somebody is coming out today. We have to tell ourselves that I'm coming out. Whatever the situation is, the first thing is to tell ourselves that whatever pit I'm in, I'm coming out today. Amen. Once we tell ourselves that I'm coming out today, we have the attitude we know that we're going to give God our best praise. Yes, Amen, somebody. Stand, everybody. Is there anybody who have any situations that they're going through and they just want to give God the highest praise? They want to give God some real praise. Despite what the situation is, go ahead and give God the highest praise. Let's worship the Lord right now. Our situation does not dictate how we worship God. Our situation does not dictate how we praise God. Our situation does not dictate how we worship and praise God. For those who need prayer for situations, if you're sick, I need you to come right here. Those who need the Holy Ghost, I need you to come right here. We're going to pray. Now listen to me. We of ourselves cannot heal you. We of ourselves cannot bring you out of the situation. I cannot bring you out of the situation. Definitely. Pastor can't bring you out of the situation, but he can. So when you're coming here, the altar is not a bad place. Some people look at the altar as if it's a bad place. The altar is where you can come and you can lay your hands and we can help you. And you praise God through your situation. Amen. This morning we are coming out. When we leave here, we want to have the mindset that I'm coming out of my situation. Amen, somebody. Amen. To help everybody, let everybody come forward and be out if you can. And we're going to pray.